and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast, the first episode of June, and our not first episode with our fantastic guest, Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen, bring it in June. What's your take on the first of every month? Because I think that's when this comes out. If not, I'm going to feel like a real idiot. But do you do anything special on the first of every month? I don't know what you would do. I don't do anything specific, but... Turn. I pay. I pay my mortgage. That's that's that's, that's a it. very important thing to do on the first of that's, the month. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the real question would be: it's right after Memorial Day weekend, and we're recording the show right before it. You got any big plans for Memorial Day weekend? It's a much better question than my ridiculous question <laughs> that I asked. What do you do on the first of every month? Paying the mortgage is a good answer, though. Yeah. What? Uh, any big Memorial Day plans? No, it's crappy weather here this week. Like. It's gloomy out today. It's supposed to rain tomorrow. We haven't really hit spring yet here. So it sounds like you're going to be playing some pretty good video games. Yeah, I'll be playing some video games. Watch some soccer today. Watch some soccer tomorrow. Pretty much something. Good. So something happened today in soccer. If you've watched Midnight Mass and uh, other shows on Netflix by Mike Flanagan, this the scary guy, uh, this guy Rahul Kohli, who plays Sher- the sheriff in Midnight Mass and... I can't remember the character's name. Owen, I think, in Haunting of Bly Manor. Amazing actor. Really outward Twitter presence. And he was really tweeting a lot today about some team lost. WRC? Is that actually a team? Or am I making this up? I don't well, know. There's a lot happening in football today. Yeah, today was the UEFA Champions League final. And I think he's a Liverpool fan and they were in the championship game. Okay. He, he, he seemed upset by the outcome. At this yeah, point, not a spoiler. It, yeah, it will have already happened. But yeah, that's that I, I like my soccer exposure or football exposure, depending on your preference. It's really him. And then the fact that Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney like own part of a team. <laughs> so they like they tweet about it a lot, too. I try to remember who they own. I also used to play soccer in high school. It's a fun fact about me. Scored one goal once. Rode the bench a lot. I don't know if I've talked about that on the podcast, but uh, what, what was your position? I well, so my position was bench primarily, just on just like just like on the bench. When I went in, I think predominantly I would play midfield, but honestly, I don't even remember now, and I, I don't want to remember. Yeah, my extent of of soccer enjoyment was the oranges when you're sitting on the side. Whew. Oh, orange slices, yeah. That was about uh, it. I have no idea what I was doing on the field. I liked playing as a kid until. I played for like two years and it was like the really early, like learn to play stuff. And we were outside running around and my coach started screaming at us, guys, watch out like ducks. And I was like, what, what? And ducks, so like, where? I, I ducked. You, you kicked then, the duck? No, I ducked thinking like we were supposed to be ducking from the ball or something, but there were ducks flying overhead, like a lot of them. And we all got pooped oh, on. Poop. And then I was oh, just no. like, I was just like, I'm done here. I, I don't okay. want like I so I always associated duck poop with soccer and I couldn't play anymore stating the obvious I feel like that's unfair to soccer just kind of a wrong place at the wrong time situation oh for uh, sure because I mean then I went on to play softball which was like equally outside in a field so and you got pooped on then too surprisingly <laughs> no never wow that's good I played religiously for like I from when i was five to when i was 16 i played every summer but that was much better because uh it was a summer league and like no one cared right like when you're when you play sports in school everyone just everyone cares way too much that's my opinion 
whereas in summer you're just you're just kind of there for a good time for the orange slices and i played a lot of midfield and what i remember about midfield is that you just have to run forever that's it that's just, that's all you really do but shout out to liverpool for losing today i guess that's the only team that i know that i know played um and they lost to somebody so real madrid they lost to real madrid there you go okay well soccer's on video what what video games are you playing right now or are we are we eating into what are you what are you up to wednesday update well so this comes out on the first so it's jurassic june is what i live by so it's nice 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 where us jurassic fans celebrate june and so i'm gonna start playing jurassic world evolution and replay lego jurassic world right now i've I've, i'm familiar with the lego jurassic world i think i played it i remember the circumstances in which i played it um or it might have been a different lego game because a lot of the lego games are very similar uh and they're great shout out to lego games very carefree very fun sounds like a good way to spend a unfortunately bad weather weekend on on our end here we're kind of bouncing around i would say between good weather and bad weather so what actually winds up happening on memorial day you know your guess is as good as ours uh but hopefully next week we'll report that we were outside and and i don't know doing outside things on this week's episode we are going to be talking about inside things because I don't know. This is, an, this is a nerd podcast. We don't talk a whole lot about outside things. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a crafty new take on Winnie the Pooh. You know, the, the classic animated character, usually very heartfelt, very good natured. Uh, an interesting spin on that. We'll talk about that. Uh, we're going to be talking about the sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order that was just announced and we got a first trailer for that. And we're going to be talking about the latest and I believe final trailer for Thor Love and Thunder, which releases on July 8th, 2022. I know at least a few of us here are excited for that one. But I want to start with this Winnie the Pooh twist that has come about. There is a new horror film that uh, has been recently announced, Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey. And if you're thinking that sounds scary or weird or creepy... You're correct. All of the above. Uh, this is a horror film uh, that reimagines beloved children's book. Yeah, originally book character. I should have mentioned that uh, as a serial killer. And uh, let me just say some of the stills like production stills that have been released for this that are on this IGN story are pretty haunting. I, obviously, you see Winnie the Pooh, who kind of just looks like a, a, a dude wearing a Winnie the Pooh mask and like overalls and like kind of like a you know texas chainsaw massacre kind of get up there's also it looks like a wild boar but i assume it's supposed to be piglet yeah i think it's the other piglet. guy quite the take on piglet now there is some precedent here with uh the director reese frake waterfield he apparently has previously created movies well sorry uh the production company jagged edge production based out of london has made movies called the curse of humpty dumpty and the legend of jack and jill so they're kind of shtick at this point. seems like they're going to take beloved fairy tales or feel good stories and make them uh, not that. <laughs> I think this is great. I'm just like, I, this, I think this is going to be met with some, I don't want to say controversy, but like people are going to be like, why is this happening? I think this is interesting. This is cool. It's like in a world of, of, of reboots and kind of franchises, this is going to be, I think an interesting, probably one-off take on something that could wind up being very good it's an indie production no doubt so i'm not sure it's going to make a whole lot of waves but i kind of hope it does so do we know uh, what the plot is exactly 
So I heard basically Christopher Robin goes off to college and leaves all of his stuffed animals behind without food or anyone to care for them. And Winnie the Pooh and Piglet, for lack of a better appropriate word, get absolutely pissed and go on a killing spree. And apparently they at one point kill and eat Eeyore, which... Wait a second. Oh, bro. These are, these are supposed to be stuffed animals because they look like just people wearing masks in the photo that I see. Yeah, supposedly, from the plot that I read, that is what they're going for. But it just, they look terrifying. So this is sort of on the guise of maybe like a Freddy Krueger type thing where they're this almost mythical horror figure, I guess you would call it. It remains to be seen, I think, for the time being. What does not remain to be seen? Well, So for those that don't know, until recently, Winnie the Pooh was a Disney character. But the work of the original author, A.A. Milne, recently entered public domain, which means it's just fair game. So (laughs) I love the implication here that someone was waiting very patiently for, like, their chance to turn Winnie the Pooh into a serial killer. That just, that that makes me very happy. Steven, horror fan? Winnie the Pooh fan? Both fan? Will you be seeing this? Not a horror fan. I do like Winnie the Pooh. I remember as a kid, I had, like, hardback copies of the books the original books and i remember watching some disney kid show like welcome to Pooh corner or something like that was the show that sounds Old right school, yeah on disney channel but yeah this just seems the premise seems absolutely insane with Pooh and piglet going feral and going on a rampage because christopher robin went to college it seems like insane i got a tactic prediction it's hey. gonna start off as a horror film but end as a hero film. And what I mean by that is Christopher, hold on, Christopher Wobbins. That's my poop impression. <laughs> Christopher Wobbins, there we go, is going to find out that there's murders going on and it's going to end with him taking an ax to Winnie the Pooh's neck and it's going to be like, I had to stop him. But it's Piglet's going to survive. Sequel. And so that'll be the sequel and then Tigger and Rabbit will come out. Well, that's the that's the thing tigger's not public domain so he's he can't be in it that's one thing i read tigger isn't public why is tigger not public domain yeah i don't know why but yeah he was so that's why it's just poo and piglet because they're the only ones i wonder if huh. the original book i'm trying to think back now because i remember i haven't read the original book in a really long time but i don't think tigger was oh, in it might the not original. Have tigger. like maybe that might have been see. something that disney added that's interesting I've never, I've never considered that. I, you know, I, I just, I wonder when I hear about movies like this, like when I was, when I was a, a younger lad, I would like, we would, we would hang out like me and some friends and like, we'd be in my friend's basement at like two in the morning and we'd be like in high school and teenagers, just never a good situation. Um, and we'd always wind up watching like the most ridiculous movies. And when I see a movie like this, I think this is a illegal's friend's basement at two in the morning kind of movie, which like theoretically there is a market for that, right? Like there's people who are going to seek this out and watch it not for any like merit based reason, but because it is what it is, right? It's a Winnie the Pooh horror movie that alone kind of draws people enough to say like, Hey, it'll be hilarious if we watch blood and honey and then they'll go and do it. So this is like a human centipede type movie exactly it's a it's a perfect example of like no one wants to watch human centipede right like no one's saying this is going to be good they put it on 
because like i well human centipede is an interesting example because people probably watch it just to say they did but also again you know, people were like well, you know it'd be really funny is if we watched human centipede i think this might fall into that same category and i think there's probably a world in which movies find success in that way i just i don't know like what the what the dollars and cents look like in that regard but certainly no one famous in this movie it didn't like I can't imagine a famous actor reading this script and thinking, I want to be in this. <laughs> um, so a lot of no names. Also, I just did did some quick research. Apparently, so the first Winnie the Pooh book is public domain, but the second one, which is when Tigger was introduced, was is not yet. So in a few years time, perfect for a sequel, Tigger will be ready to go. I had, when I was a kid, we had this VHS tape. That was like, it was Christmas. It was like Winnie the Pooh and his friends at Christmas trying to send a letter to Santa and they couldn't do it. And I remember like... I, so they killed everyone. They didn't kill anybody. They they got into a lot of mischief. You know, that was how it worked. And I watched... I don't think they killed anybody, but I'll, I'll have to check back. I watched that tape so much that it probably like... Do VHS, do VHS tapes wear out? Because like they probably wore out. I, wore, I watched that so much. Winnie the Pooh is an amazing character. Uh, all the woodland creatures, great. Christopher Robin is okay. This is this is crazy. And again, I I, I just I think it's cool. I think I, I think I'm uh, I'm on board with it as an idea. Am Honestly, I going to personally way, watch it? Probably not. But. If they do add people, the next the next scariest one that I think they would be they would make would be the rabbit. By the way. Well, so that that brings me to kind of a discussion question that 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 this topic spawned in my head, which is. What other childhood character do you want to see, like genre, like regenerated? I guess it doesn't have to be horror. It doesn't even have to be anything dark at all. It's just like, what do you like? You know, there are other characters who have been recently kind of adultified. That that's something that's relatively common now. So I'm just wondering aloud, what other, like I I want to I, I will say for me, and the answer should be fairly obvious for anyone who knows me. I want SpongeBob to. I want a SpongeBob resurgence and I want something that's geared towards an adult audience because SpongeBob fans are, are adults now. Uh, I still quote SpongeBob. I could see SpongeBob bumping a line, honestly, and being yeah, like, let's I, get it. I mean, he's got that crazy nose. Can you imagine? No, no, he would say, let's get it. He'd say, he'd go, I'm ready. Right, exactly. No, that's the, I think you just gave somebody an idea. I hope you did. Any other any other thoughts floating around from the team here? I would love the characters you want redone. Do you remember that old show Out of the Box? Of course I remember Out of the Box. And the it, song? Yeah. Out of the Box. And they did basically just like crafting all day. That's like the entire thing of the show and then like there would be some fantastical element and storytelling behind the crafting. Adults are also still really into like DIY. Make a DIY Out of the Box. Right, that. they made that Amy that Amy Poehler Nick Offerman show about uh, how uh, making it. It was pretty good, and it's just all it was like crafting competition show. And granted, this isn't a competition show; it can just be like it could be like Bob Ross, right? Similar mm-hmm. to that. It's like let's just sit down and do something. I like that. I like that. Any other any other thoughts? Can't think of anything. It's a deep topic. Uh, I'll, let's consider this a homework assignment. Hit us up on Twitter at OW Legal Eighty Six at OW Technic at OW Nerd Bomber. Our main show account at Online Warriors One. What childhood character do you want to see come back in such a unique way as this? It doesn't have to be horror, but something kind of more a, adult or oriented. I got it. 
a Kill okay, Bill-esque, like that kind of genre, big comfy couch. I'm trying to envision what that would even to... look like. And I like she's I like the main it. action protagonist. Or So scary clown. What, what about the... What no, about no, no. The she is like, like, like kicking ass, taking names kind of thing. But maybe the point like still fiction. stands. Sorry, she's still a Bell, clown. Fiction. She's still a clown. So okay. inherently a scary clown. So like put her in the world, like a black and white grainy world, kicking ass and like, where's my money? Knocking people out. She'll still have the clown nose, but she'll just be gritty. Not that's a horror a, though. I, Action. But we're, you, need to, you need to involve the couch somehow. So I, that's that's your homework assignment is figure out how the couch is involved. Um, that's where the, the drug lab is. It's in the couch. It's in the drug lab in the couch. Well, well, I guess we'll circle back. Hey, remember on the that. little Start lint put- guys would come out. They're the ones that are cooking the meth for her. She's the head boss. What on earth? W- You're really you really w- just want to see like precious childhood characters become like drug addicts, doing, don't you? Doing, like no, I want to see her to be yeah. like 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 the head of a of a of a whole thing, like of the guy a car- from of a cartel uh, from uh, Breaking Bad, the El Pollo Loco. Who what was his yeah. name? Gustavo Fring. Yeah, I want to see her as Gustavo, basically. I'm up on my breaking bed. I'm not up on my big comfy couch. When you talk about these lint guys, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'll go watch some episodes. I, I probably won't, but I'm, I'm going to say right now that I'm going to go watch some episodes. Uh, so yeah, let us know on Twitter what characters you want to see reimagined. For now, we're going to plow forward into Star Wars Jedi Survivor. So... Uh, this, of course, is a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order, which came out a few years ago now. I don't remember exactly when. Following the story of Cal Kestis, uh, the main character in Jedi Fallen Order. And we see a decent amount in this trailer. Some lightsaber action. I think the main thing we all want to know that, like, I I started the first game, didn't finish it. Wasn't all that into it. So I certainly would That's have no chance weird. of knowing. I, there's, I am weird. I, I, I'm willing to own that. But I want to know, nonetheless, who the person in the back to tank is. Is there any way for us to know that here and now? Or is it not actually known? There's a lot of speculation on it, but nobody could determine what it is. Apparently there's an old Jedi master who's teased in the first game. That That's who everyone thinks it is. I hope it's... Is it, is it Darth Plagueis the Wise? Well, that's... He's a Sith Lord. <laughs> just thinking, I'm just thinking about old old Jedi masters who I would, I would be interested in seeing. I guess Sifo Diaz out also. I've been watching the prequels lately, so I'm like up on my prequel stuff, but not so much my sequel stuff. I just think Master Sifo Diaz is like the coolest name ever. But there's a lot of different people that people are speculating online. I think my favorite theory, though, and if you've played the game, there's a character that you encounter. I think it's on Dathomir, maybe Terran Malikos, and he has. I think the thing that stuck out for me was like the in the tank there's like white flowy hair that kind of reminds me of like sephiroth from final fantasy and so if you like think about that character if he grew out his hair because what i think there's like a five year gap between the games or something like that then that is one possibility but i'm not sure i should probably try the first game again that was also like and not super related to this trailer but like seeing that it's getting a sequel just kind of tells me like, okay, I guess this game was pretty good. I just, I'm trying to remember what I didn't like about it, but I definitely it was hard. I, the the I parrying was it. hard. Was was what, what was for me. So I have a suggestion for you then. If it if it's difficult, 
So, and it was, it was not an easy game by any means. There were a lot of points where I died and I was like, oh, okay, that's frustrating. I got to do it again. But overall, like, I don't really tell, enjoyed the don't game. Don't tell me, don't tell me to turn the difficulty down. Yeah, I never, go on Yeah, I'll never mode. do that either. Just do it on easy mode. I'm never going to do it. I would rather that's, break a game in half than play it on easy mode. But why? Yeah, that's this not. This is, okay. Because, this is now kind of like an offshoot tangential debate. Feelings on easy mode and justify your feeling. Go. I'm less okay, of a human being if I go. Yeah, to easy uh, Technic mode. and I are, Technic and I are fully aligned on this. If I go to easy mode, I am admitting defeat of some kind, and I just I I can't do that in the context of video games. Call it toxic it. masculinity, call it what you will, but I can't go on easy mode. Do you not also read like wikis and game facts? I have, but with 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 deep shame. Like in certain games, like what was the game, the puzzle one that I Luigi's Mansion Witness. No, w- w- I I did not have to read any game facts for Luigi's Mansion. I don't. I think I I think I found all the gems, like legitimately in that game. But that the, this game Witness, uh, I th- I know I mentioned it on the show, it was like a puzzle game for it was on PlayStation and like on Steam and stuff. And I played the crap out of it. But there were certain puzzles that like I was like I just don't know how to do this, and it's and it's killing me because they're like these little silly puzzles. And I looked a couple of them up and I felt just the deepest. I felt like a subhuman when I did it. It's very hard for me. Uh, same thing went for um, Metroid Dread. There were a couple times where I had to look, I had to look something up and I felt so bad about it. We, I remember we were, Stephen, last time you were here, I think we talked about Metroid Dread and I talked about how hard it was. And that was a huge element of it for me. That just, it beats you down. Man. I don't think looking something up is bad because it's it's not so much that you have less skill to overcome something. It's just you're getting a clue of, of where to go if you're like lost. But like when it comes to like boss fights and things like that, that's the thing why I will why I will not cave. It's because I know that deep down inside I can you pull have, the strength you out to, to win. See, I have a different take on it though. And typically what happens for me is I'll feel my interest waning in a game, especially if it's a really long game. So for example... Uh, I haven't done this yet with Horizon Forbidden West, but with Horizon Zero Dawn, I actually left the game, played other stuff, came back to finish it. And as I was finishing it, like I just felt my interest starting to wane just because it had been so long. And so it wasn't necessarily that I couldn't beat the bosses, but instead of being stealthy, I just kind of wanted to run through and finish the story out because I'm also the type of problematic player where even if I'm getting over a game, I will play until I get every last side mission complete. And like, even that's why it's taken me so long to get through Horizon Forbidden West. Like I go to every freaking icon on my map and I'm going to hit the same yeah. point where like, I need to turn it on easy mode, not because I can't do it, but because I need to move faster. And like, I, I don't have the time to be stealthy and take my time and like put traps everywhere. I just want to be able to like three or four hit, kill a big bad robot with, my arrow and then be done with it so i can advance the story i have never once been like i'm gonna stop this game play another game and then come right back to it you're saying so much right now that i'm just like i usually don't you know what usually i will if i leave a game i never come back to it but i really do love the entire horizon franchise and the story and everything about the world building and characters and it was something that 
I think I had gotten a new game and it was like short and it was like, okay, I can take a break from this. It was just like, sitting there. Yeah. Like I, I yeah. I've been investing like 30, 40 hours into her eyes and at this point, and this one's only going to take me 10. So let me set this down and go play this other game, which then led into right, like, right. Let, let me play another short game while I'm taking a break. And then eventually I went back. Usually well, I can't like, though. I've kind of done that with uh, Mass Effect because like I'm I'm going through a, like I'm still finishing up a move and like fixing up a new house and so I don't often have time to like sit down and like really dive into Mass Effect in a big way so I've been playing like I've been playing Wingspan on my Switch like that's what because it, it, I will play that for like 40 minutes and have a complete experience and be done with it but I am going to go back to Mass Effect like that's I guess that's kind of the same thing but it's 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 a little different to me. Steven where do you stand on easy mode? Where you've 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 been re- relatively silent on this. Life is short, and I want to get through the game and experience the story. So I'm all for it if it makes. Okay. See, Stephen, I knew I liked you better than these two. Team Nerd Bomber, <laughs> yeah, or rather, yeah. Nerd Bomber's on Team Stephen. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it that way. Well, Tactic and I will. I don't know, continue fighting the good fight and not have a good time. Like I I know you're right. Like it, when I when I think about it, like. Cause like Metroid Dread, man. Like yeah, going back to that, like I by the end of that game, I wasn't even having a good time, and it was be- and it was because of of it was self imposed, and I know that. Like I can rationally talk about that. I just I don't I can't do it. I can't switch to easy mode. It's just not. I'll feel bad about myself. Plus, it makes and, winning uh, that much more satisfying. That's true as well. Um, but it's it's definitely something that I need to work through on a psychological level. Getting back to Jedi <laughs> uh, Survivor. Yeah, well, we don't know who the person in the back is. There's a lot of theories. Um, I will say this is a game that, and granted, I know this isn't gameplay footage. I'm aware of that. But I know recently on the show, whenever we've talked about next-gen games, I have been like, these graphics aren't that good. The graphics here were very good, I thought. I was very on board with what they were doing. Uh, well, a lot this of the is shading going to be amazing. next gen only. I think we're starting yes. to finally see these games where they're not going to kind of like hold themselves back because they're dual generationing it. I just made a word up. It's fine. Uh, but I was very on board with that. I like the look of the villain, assuming assuming that is who the main villain is. Even down to the teeth angle, I was like, nice job. Star Wars really do be uh, good at making dudes look evil. That's that's uh, that's there's, there's, there's one strong point they have. It's that I mean, Darth Vader is one of the most famous mes- menacing characters of all time, uh, and they've and they've really held up their end of the bargain there. I don't know I, I, if my takeaway from this. Like, am I going to buy it and play it? It just it. I need to go back to Fallen Order, and at that point, it just depends uh, whether I can work through my issues enough to switch Fallen Order to easy mode. <laughs> I think might be might be what this boils down to, but um. Steven, I don't know. Did you play Fallen Order? Will you be playing Jedi Survivor? Or was this, was this just kind of kind of a nothing deal to you? This will be a day one purchase for me. I uh, okay. I did play Fallen Order. I liked it a lot. Yes, the combat is difficult, but I didn't feel like it was challenging to the point where I needed to quit the game. Like, it didn't feel like a Souls-like, which people tell me combat right. actually is kind of like a Souls-like. But... I felt like I was able to get through it all and just really enjoyed the story. So, so basically what you're saying is you're better than us at this game. He is saying that. Yeah. I, 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 I literally remember like the first scene of the game, like it's the warm up. like you're on the train. Remember the part on the train right at the beginning. There's like, they're like teaching you how to do the game. 
and I kept dying. And I was like, oh my God, I, I just suck at this. Am I just bad at this game? Like I remember having a, a like having to do some like soul searching. Oh, like, mine was just the boss. I, I just not do this. With. Yeah, you're probably worse than I am then. I, oh, I'm sure I am. I, I think I just sucked all around at it. But uh, I'm willing to try it again. I don't know. The story, I will say, the story looked amazing and the parts that I experienced were amazing. And I know that's one of the things that's, that's really touted with this with this game and probably with Jedi Survivor. So that certainly draws me in enough to probably try it again. Well, I think one of the things that I really liked about the game too was how your skills grew as you progressed in the game because it really did feel like you were kind of learning with Kale, you know, as he tapped into his memories and his jedi power you gained more skills and more different ways to you know take down enemies and stuff and i really liked that character leveling progression and so if you guys didn't get far enough in there you might just have only been like doing the the very basic i guess i want to say hand-to-hand combat but it's not um lightsaber to body combat yeah and not getting any of the, the fun tricks that kale develops as the game progresses I mean, I got to pull yeah. and push, so... Yeah, so you're basically there. Yeah, I didn't even get that far. I obviously didn't get very far at all. I should probably retry it. Maybe I'm in a... Like, there have been plenty of games I've revisited and been like, okay, I wasn't in the right headspace last time, and now I am. Like Mass Effect? Yeah, that's what it's... Like Mass Effect. It's one of the great things about video games. It's just sometimes that... Sometimes it'd be like that. But uh, day one purchase for Steven. Nerbomber Tactic, day one purchases for you. I mean, Tactic, it sounds like, no, no, I don't want to assume, but... Nerd Bomber, day one for you? I don't know if it'll be day one, but it'll be like the first time it goes on even like a mini sale. Or even Game Pass, maybe. Or Game Pass, yeah. Right. Uh, well, we're all on board, it sounds like. Even me, to, to a lesser extent, but I am on board. Uh, this one drops in 2023. I don't think we have an exact release date beyond that yet, um, but we will be watching closely to find out about that and also find out who the heck is in the back to tank because we all want to know Star Wars just tell us okay so we are going to uh, transition here into our usual break but before we do i'm going to give my usual shout out to our fantastic patreon producer mr stephen keller in an unusual fashion because he is he's here right now uh stephen thank you so much for all you do for the show hopefully you're enjoying being here with us and uh, hopefully you enjoy uh getting weekly input into the game segment and also access to the monthly secret segment and vlog steven gets these things as a result of his night level support uh, on our patreon that's the highest of our three tiers of support there's also a uh, squire level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and a page level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and for more of the details on any and all of those levels of support you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast uh, I also want to note that uh, Tactics, as I say, um, the most during this part of the show. And I've been hyper-conscious of it this entire time. And I, I, I think you're right. I will say that. I've noticed it. I've been hearing it come out as I do this. That doesn't mean it's any less important, obviously. But I guess it's, it's when I feel the most pressure. Because I just, want, I just want people to head over to Patreon. Check us out. So head over to Patreon. Check us out. Uh, thanks again to Steven for being here and for continuing to support the show. And we'll take a short break now before diving right back in and talking more about Thor, Love, and Thunder. Hey everyone, my name is Josh and I'm the host of the Still Loading Podcast. On Still Loading, I talk about retro and modern video games, video game history, as well as some goofy projects such as an episode of dramatic readings of video game manuals. 
I've also had composers like Austin Wintory, Andrew Prallo, and Chad Sider on to talk about their upcoming projects. New episodes are released every other Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you want to check out the show, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, Thor, Love, and Thunder. This is uh, coming out much more, much sooner. I was about to say much more sooner than uh, Jedi Survivor. This comes out July 8th, 2022. And as a result, we've we've seen the teaser. We've talked the teaser on the show. But we, this past week, got a much longer official trailer. Generally, you know, and, and, and the Marvel trailers kind of follow this, this formula a lot where the teaser comes out, the last five seconds of the teaser shows something juicy. And you're like, oh, oh, Shuki. And then they come out with the official trailer and they're like, yeah, you know this now. So like, you, you know that Jane's coming back. So now we're going to feature a lot more of Jane and Thor's interactions. And we're going to feature a lot less of the Guardians. I thought that was the more interesting part of this is like, we saw the Guardians for like, I don't know, five seconds of this trailer. Whereas in the first trailer, they are much more prominently featured. So my main question coming out of this I guess it is is which of those things is this movie trying harder to be? It's probably trying to do both, but like, is it a story about Thor and Jane or is it a story about Thor and the guardians? I think I was assuming it was going to be the latter and I think I wanted the latter. because so I think it fits a lot better with like the, the Ragnarok storyline that uh, I thought formed the best of the previous three Thor movies, but I think it's going to uh, be a lot to dig into here. I think the key storyline isn't going to be surrounded really about, him and Jane or, or him and the other, or other gods, it's going to be a, about a true alliance to take on uh, Gore, who we've now seen uh, Christian yes, Bale. that was the other big thing. Of- I love Christian Bale. He looks terrible. Is I, I know that's intentional. The point? Yeah, I know, I know it's intentional, but like, man, like, they were like, how can you be the most unflattering look? Because like, that's the other thing too, is like, I don't know much about Gore. Tactic, maybe you can tell me more, but like, his whole thing is like, I'm going to kill gods. And I, I, I'm over here like, no, you're not. Look at you. You swing that sword too hard. Your arm's going to pop off like SpongeBob. It wasn't, I wasn't really doing it for me. Let but, me tell you, uh, you like Gore. You like Gore. Gore is, Gore is an incredibly complex, broken character that, oh my goodness. So, so just, if you guys don't know who Gore is, Gore is a character who has gone through a lot of trauma he he lost his family and it's in a world that is very appreciative of things like gods and yet he he questions you know how can we say that gods exist if when my family is when dead. my whole family is dead and so based on quote their selfishness he has vowed to destroy them okay yeah so, I'm, I'm with i mean it's it's a fairly pedestrian villain storyline but i'm you know it's fine i'm not against it but um, here's what's really cool about Gore and why it's it's a big deal that that he is now introduced. The question is how is this like what would be just a normal call we'll call him an alien dude able to take on gods? You know how? It it seems right. crazy, right? Well, the answer mm-hmm. is something called the necro sword. And that is Which his Which is the key. sword that we see. Yeah, and we've seen the- that. But why does he have this sword and where does he get it? And that's what's so cool. So in Spider-Man we were introduced to Venom, technically, in the in the post credit scene. I think that's okay to say now. And so we, 
we know that symbiotes exist in this universe. We were introduced to Gore, and we're now going to be introduced to the Necrosword. The Necrosword is a weapon given to Gore by Null, a.k.a. the king of the symbiotes. Okay? So, it, in my opinion, this is pointing us right into the direction, potentially, of Null and this huge galactic battle where stuff goes down. So I'm so that's that's why we should be very excited about this. That's why it's an awesome villain. It it really opens the door for other things. By and those other things, do you mean like Venom then kind of like coming into the the mainline MCU? Oh yeah, big time. Venom ends What's up a, uh, Yeah, we don't need to go down the segue path. I was going to say you 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 could go forever. I I know that about you. Let's check in with Steven. Steven, where are you at on the MCU? Because I've, in recent episodes of this show, basically said that I think the MCU is over. Or it, maybe not in those exact terms, but I, I, I do feel that way. This trailer doesn't necessarily change my opinion. on You know, as much as I love the idea of a Zeus who looks kind of like a sitcom dad, I don't think that's going to save the MCU from slipping into mediocrity. But I, I just, I want to know if you feel that way or if you feel like, no, it's still going, it's still humming, it's still good. This trailer has only me a little concerned because I feel like it has two different tones to me. It's got that Taiko Atiti, hey, we're super funny, we're having lightheartedness, it's going to be right. a fun time. And then all this stuff with Christian Bale just looks dark, serious, and like just a totally different movie. So I'm slightly concerned by that. And that's why I think we should really focus on that because Christian Bale... In my opinion, he thrives under those personalities. I mean, American Psycho, he was like all over the place. So him playing a broken, we'll call it, we're going to say a broken human being, but but a broken person is really perfect for him. I think we're going to get just sort of this slushy of, of mixing of tones. And I don't see it being concerning. I think it's going to be an emotional roller coaster for sure. But you can't have gore without being emotionally broken. And you can't have Thor and Natalie Portman... Uh, well, Thor and Thor, without it being right. fun and lighthearted. So it's going to be interesting for sure how they meld those two themes. But I, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think concerning is is the phrase that I would use. So I'm going to flex my little bit of comic book knowledge, and I'm not Go going to ever say that I have even a modicum of what Tactic has, but I do know this much because, as many of you may know at this point, I freaking love Natalie Portman. I think she's great. I even like throughout this trailer, she made me very excited for this movie again. I really like when she has the roles where she's kind of like sassy, sarcastic. I just love it. That was a lot of her lines in this trailer. So like I'm here for it. But that also led me down the rabbit hole of researching like how does Jane become Thor in the comics and what I think will end up happening. And this is my prediction and maybe a slight spoiler for the comics, but essentially Jane, I don't know the definite specifics of how she becomes Thor, but basically has cancer. And while she's wielding the hammer, who I can never pronounce it correctly, Mjolnir. 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 Thank you. Thank you. While she's wielding it, it basically accelerates her demise and like undoes all of the cancer treatments. And so I think we're going to get a fun tone in the beginning of the movie because it'll be like Thor and Jane Foster getting back together or kind of like just watching them interact. But then Gore 
will take it to a dark level at the end of the movie where because his goal is to kill gods, he will somehow maybe Natalie Portman's Thor, Jane Foster, will sacrifice herself because she knows she knows she's on her way out anyway and like will somehow sacrifice herself or he will kill her somehow and then it'll give you that tonal shift that i don't know if it'll play well and i kind of agree with steven here like we know that there's going to be some kind of like tragedy at the end of this movie and i don't know if that'll play well with the fun light-hearted tone we're seeing in the trailers and that we usually get from a taiko ytt movie i can see if she dies independent of the gore battle and then they have a uh i guess a commentary back and forth of of gore saying see how can you truly think that there's good in the world when your love died and he goes it's more than that and then they fight something like that i could see that happening i am 100 percent with steven on this one i mean i i just like one of the things that bothers me the most about marvel movies is so there are movies like thor ragnarok which like thor ragnarok was Taika Waititi, fun end-to-end, never really took itself seriously, didn't want to take itself seriously. Ant-Man, very similar in that respect. And then there are movies that take themselves seriously, and those are good too. Captain America and Winter Soldier took itself very seriously and to great effect, I think. You can't do both. But like, you, you can't... One thing that Marvel loves to do a lot that bothers me, I watched a whole video essay about how it ruins Marvel movies, is they will create a serious moment and then undercut it with humor. And if you've seen it once, you don't need to see it a hundred more times, but it's like, it's one of the most, it's like the first trick Marvel pulls out of the bag with any of these movies and shows. And the effect of that has long since worn off. And I don't think it's useful anymore. And in a movie like this, where Taiko ITT is very funny and created something really great with Thor Ragnarok, they're going to make him do that. I think they're going to make him, you have these like black and white sequences that look like they're really going to be insanely dark. And then he's going to have to throw a quip in there. I, I'm very worried about that. Uh, I think that's a great point you brought up, Stephen. I think otherwise, like, I, and I think the first trailer for this movie made this movie look better in the sense that the first trailer was all fun and games, you know, Sweet Child of Mine, Taika Waititi stuff, Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, which is, I think, equally irreverent in a lot of ways. It, it seemed like a good match. But now we're delving into, we're very serious while being funny at the same time territory, which I don't, I agree, I don't think is going to work. But on July 8th, 2022, we are going to find out. So going around the room once more, Stephen, is this a theatrical experience for you or is this a wait experience for you? First off, this movie comes out on my birthday, so it's going to be a birthday oh, present birthday. to me. And I don't know if I mentioned this before, but you guys kind of know, but all movies for me are a theatrical experience. So I'll see it that Thursday night, opening night. Okay. I see all of these opening night. So right I'll on. be there. I will, I will tweet at you happy birthday and also how was the movie? It'll be the old, the old combo tweet. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah. Tactic Nerbomber? We got a lot going on in July, so it'll likely be an August viewing. Yeah, I I would love to see it July 8th, but yeah, our summer is kind of shot and all over the place. A lot of the movies that I would normally want to see like Day Of are going to end up getting pushed, which makes me sad, but please don't spoil the movie for us. Thank you. This is a drive-in movie for me. Actually, that's a really good idea. Ooh. Yep. So that's that's kind of like I don't care about it so deeply that like I have to go to a theater or sit in my house and watch it. I can go to the because like going to the drive-in movie theater, it's it's the best if you've never done it. It's so great. Everyone should do it. But you can't go and see movies that you care deeply about because it's certainly not the most optimal movie viewing experience, no matter how you slice it. It's an experience and a good one and a unique one and a fun one, but it's not like 
peak cinema. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't be going to watch certain movies there. I think Love and Thunder will be a great candidate though to, to, to go there and watch. So I don't know if you'll lose anything seeing that at the drive-in. And I think we might steal that because then we can at least, I don't know, fit it in somehow. I don't know. Feel free to steal it. I think it, I think it's a perfect candidate for, for, for that sort of experience. So July 8th, 2022, Steven's birthday. Yeah, go see Thor, Love and Thunder. We'll let you know how it is. For right now, we're going to transition to what are you up to Wednesday? I've started a hashtag for what are you up to Wednesday? Hashtag W-Y-U-T-W. I guess I guess I took out the R, like the what are you up to? I'm, I'm assuming the contraction. What are you up to Wednesday? So feel free to use that. But I teased my what are you up to Wednesday coming into this episode. So I'll be talking about my experience with Obi-Wan. But uh, of course, I first want to swing it over to our fantastic producer, Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen, what has been going on in your life since you last joined us? I'll do, do two things this week that I've done. First off, in the pre-show, we were talking about with Illegal about, you know, what's the next movie he's going to go see in theaters. And I think I have the one that you need to go see next in theaters. Hit me. And that is Top Gun Maverick. Okay, Ooh. so you did. This week. We talked about this last week. Either, or we talked about this recently. I was talking with someone. Was it on this show of which one's going to be the bigger deal, this or Mission Impossible? And I think you guys both said Top Gun's going to be a bigger deal. So was it a bigger deal? This, this movie's pretty dang special. Like, the action in it is just top-notch. You can tell they're actually flying, which I watched a making of video, and, like, the actors took three months and trained to become pilots like Tom Cruise made them go through this boot camp that he's been through to fly planes. And so they're actually flying stuff, which I think sometimes they're just like in the back of the plane, not always flying, but some of the stuff they're flying. It's just, yeah. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to face nonstop. Yeah, I might owe you a candy bar. Yeah. Right. I mean, right, right away that, that factor right there, just there. And like, that's kind of what Tom Cruise is about, right? Is like the realism of like, he's actually flying the dang thing. Which a lot of actors would just say, no, nah, just get me in there and I'll act like I am. But I have heard nothing but good things about it. So c- consider your endorsement heard. I, I, I think I'm interested in, in seeing this. Yeah. Like the only negative thing I have for it is like in the third act, it kind of turns into like a mini Mission Impossible movie. But so it kind of felt unrealistic. But other than that, the score's good. I mean, the one thing that's missing from the original version is the music. I don't think, you know, you don't, there's no. There's no danger zone. Oh, I don't know if you want me to spoil anything, but... Okay, fair enough. (laughs) I got specific. Not as much as the 80s music. And Jennifer Conley's in this, and she's a goddess, so... Agreed. That right there should be reason to go see it. Right on. Good suggestion. And then my other thing was that I've been doing since I mentioned Jurassic June is coming up in preparation for that on Apple TV+. Plus. A new documentary series came out called Prehistoric Planet. I don't know if you guys I know want to much watch about this. this. Yeah, it just started coming out. Yeah, so they did every day this week. They did a new episode. Um, it's narrated by David Attenborough from Planet Earth. Hans Zimmer does the score, so the music's really good. I've watched four of the five episodes, and basically, it's each episode is a region like it's the ocean, it's the forest, it's the desert, and they just showed dinosaurs and it's documentary style like Planet Earth and. I'm surprised just how much I'm getting into it. Like, these are just CGI dinosaurs. They're not real. But I'm, like, yelling for the little baby dinosaurs to get away. I want them to avoid getting eaten. Oh, yeah, for and, like, sure. Dinosaurs start fighting. I'm like, no, you can't steal that dinosaur's eggs. Kill the other dinosaur. Get them. Take, take them back. Get them. And, like, just getting into it. And 
I don't know why. Right. It's just this, awesome. This was 100% a bottle of wine binge plan for us. I'm just saying. Yeah. So I'm very excited for this. I'm, yeah. I'm so glad that you brought it up. Yeah. And if the trailers, like for me, the trailers kind of, the CGI looked wonky, like it didn't look right. It looks perfect now. Like the dinosaurs totally look real. Like it's like, I don't know how they did it. Uh, whatever John Favreau does, because I think he's like an executive producer somehow behind it. Like it's amazing. And it makes me want one thing I tweeted out when watching it, which I don't want it to happen, but I want it to happen is I want them to do a remake of The Lamp Before Time with these visuals because there's a lot of scenes mm. where that would be dinosaurs just migrating and it's like, this is Lamp Before Time right here. There's duck-billed dinosaurs just playing with their babies. I want it. Give me Lamp Before Time. How has that not happened yet? Lamp Before Time remake, I mean. like how Just in general, how has that not happened yet? You would think yeah. that would be a it's, total it's the, moneymaker. It's the voice, the voiceovers that I think would really... Like the implementation of voicing over these realistic looking dinosaurs. No, there was a way to there's a way to do it. I forget what movie it was. The but Lion there was, King. No I was gonna say Lion King did it. No, but there was a dinosaur and movie did it badly. that came out recently. And like it was a little bit more animated, but instead they like you could hear their thoughts. It wasn't necessarily like their mouths weren't moving. I don't remember what the movie was though. Oh, this is going to bug me now. Yeah, nature and dinosaur-related content have a lot of traction in our house. But if I'm being honest, typically, and like especially when David Attenborough is involved, you put that on and I am going to Slumbertown. Not because it's not interesting, but because it's just so, like... Soothing. Audio, it's it's just soothing audio. So a lot of, lot of view time in our house, but a lot of the time my eyes are closed. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll move it up the list and maybe my eyes will stay open for it. Also, I think the but movie that, that I'm great. thinking about, and now I feel like an idiot, the the name is literally just Dinosaur. It's a Disney movie. <laughs> that came out in like the year 2000. Yeah. It's been out for a long, long time. I remember it being good. It was like a big deal when it came out. Yeah, it was cute. By today's standards, people would probably laugh at the CGI, but that's kind of that's kind of how life works. So cool. Steven, anything else you want to update us on? No, I think, I think I'm good. I think that's two good things that I think everyone should check out. Let me, let me debrief you all on episode one of obi-wan so first of all have any of you watched any of obi-wan yet no not yet not yet i have not so as we record this obi-wan has been out for a day i watched episode one on friday the 27th the first day that it came out and uh it had it had certain glimmers of goodness but at large i was wildly disappointed (laughs) Uh, let me tell you why they're setting up some great characters to be totally squandered that's one thing two not really a spoiler I, I don't i don't think it's a spoiler but i'm sorry if if you give flea the bassist from red hot Chili peppers any sort of speaking role in your show you're not taking it seriously enough that is my that is my opinion feel free to tweet at me about that and three i don't know it's just like it, the pacing was bad it's very slow moving not a whole lot of energy, not a whole lot of action. The plot that they're setting up, this is the most important part. The plot that they're setting up, I don't want to get into it. I don't want to spoil anything, but the plot they're setting up is not interesting to me. And I what want is that something plot? different. I don't want to spoil it. I would say there's a character that you are not, based on the trailers, there's a character you're not expecting to be involved that is that it becomes involved. Uh, let me just put it that way. I will say also, not a spoiler because we know he's going to show up eventually, but episode one, no Darth Vader. 
so like what are we even doing so i think there's only five episodes i think there's only five episodes so you got to start working that because that's like a big reason why i even showed up uh i'm gonna keep watching i'm gonna watch episode two certainly because that's already out is the character that later is the character ahsoka you could tell me no uh, no she may show up at some point for all i know but that's not the character i'm talking about i the score is good which like that's just star wars the score is always good in star wars my fiance said you can watch the rest of this by yourself and I probably will. <laughs> um, but so far I wanted, I wanted a lot more out of it than I'm, than I'm getting. So I don't know if I'm wrong. Tweet at me. Tell me I'm wrong. There's one particular scene in it that I, again, I can't talk about it too much because I don't want to give away the character that's in it, but it's a chase scene and it was comically bad. Like it was one of the worst chase scenes I've ever seen on a, in a show. And the whole time I was just shaking my head and kind of saying to myself, like, come on, Star Wars, you can do better than this. Ewan McGregor's fantastic still, always. He's great. He's clearly he's he's clearly up for it and on board with it. That's like probably the single best thing I could say about it so far, which is an important thing. We'll continue to update on Obi-Wan. That's the that's pretty much all the update I have for this week. But um we'll be continuing. I'll I'll circle back to Obi-Wan, let you guys know how episode two is. So T Dog. Can I call you T-Dog? Yeah. What's been going on in in the life of T-Dog? So I'm going to steal probably what Nerd Bomber is going to say because it kind of segues into some other stuff for me. One of the movies we watched was Sonic. Sonic 2, to be exact. Right. And this... Okay, so I don't... I thought that I was going to like Idris Elba as Knuckles' voice, and I was not a fan of that. But overall, the movie was fantastic stick around to the end the exact post credit scene that you're expecting is going to happen and it is dope so that was great i'm a little concerned about the voice acting for that post credit scene as well but all in all it's a great movie it's the same lovable last that we got the first time and it stays true to the story from sonic 2 so it's it's really good that you get that continuity they're they're giving us that fan service and everything just kind of flowed well and was really good. But what that watching that movie did was sort of gave us this nostalgic video game vibe. And so Nerd Bomber did not want to buy the Sonic 2 case that you can get on Xbox. So I, so I bought it <laughs> and we, we started playing right, that. There you go. And then that put me into a more nostalgic buy vibe. So I was like, man, do I want to really buy Kirby? And I, then I went into down this, this Pennywise pound foolish behavior of instead of buying Kirby, I wanted to buy like the old Kirby's instead of the new one that came out. And I couldn't find it. So then instead of spending the $50 on Kirby, I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save some money and buy something that I didn't want, which was Mega Man for $20. And it was none of the Mega Mans that I remembered playing. And I couldn't seem to remember the one I played. So I played a package of Mega Mans that I just hated and I should have just bought Kirby. So moral of the story is folks, the cautionary tale. If, if you just, if you want to get a game, don't try to buy a cheaper game to fill that void because ultimately you're just going to say, man, I should have just bought the game I wanted and you're going to end up spending more money because I probably will go back and buy Kirby. now. Right. So then you'll be out 20, 20 more dollars. Yeah. And um, it's just, just, just feed your inner, inner game demon or, Pooh bear or whatever you're feeding so game angel go on come on be nicer be nicer to your game persona well you saw what happened when christopher robin didn't feed his inner demons they wanted murdered people so you gotta feed them anyway 
So that's kind of the biggest what are you up to for me. And uh, I'm going to kick it on over to Nerd Bomber. So I do have to, first of all, weigh in. Sonic 2, I loved the first Sonic movie. Sonic 2, I really, really liked. However, I didn't think it was as good as Sonic 1. I think Sonic 1 was still superior. But that said, I really liked you like, all of... You like Tails. I love Tails. I know you saw... I, I, tweeted, I saw you tweet about that. You like Tails. I am a I like big Tails, Tails fan. So I was really stoked when, you know, obviously Tails plays a big part in this movie and makes an appearance because Sonic 2, they kind of mimicked the video games and brought Tails in. I felt like the first movie was a little bit more of like a feel-good sort of, like it was campy, but not like super over the top. It was more about the relationship between Sonic and main character cop guy whose name I don't remember offhand. James Marsden. The cop was almost a forgetful amount in it. Right. James Marsden really had a very small role in Sonic 2 and it really focused more on Sonic building his relationship with Tails and then Knuckles coming in and like the backstory behind the echidna. And while I actually really liked that a lot, there were a few scenes that were just super kind of cringy that I don't remember the first movie having, but maybe they did. There was a scene where they're like, they have a dance off with, I don't even know what country it was, but they were in like the, the Siberia. North. Yeah. They were in Siberia and they were like having a dance off. And that was like, that was very cringy. And you could tell they threw that in to like be relatable with TikTok. And I was like, mm, well, to the this, children. Yeah. Like this movie didn't need that, but okay. But overall though, it was like, they had so many, little easter egg moments that paid homage to the original games and it was great and it just it was a very feel-good movie so i i feel like i just kind of like pooped on it a little bit but it was still a really good watch and highly recommend can we also talk about when we were playing sonic 2 yeah so i have a story (laughs) playing sonic 2 because i really like that's the one that i wanted to play and it had tails and sonic and you could play together and that's what I remembered from my childhood. And so growing up, this is a little like insight into Nerd Bomber's background. My mom worked at an EB Games. And so she would bring home, because you had to be able to like speak towards the product, because at the time, I mean, even still, you go into a GameStop now and they, they speak to the product and they kind of act as someone who recommends games and can kind of talk about it. So she would bring home games and Sonic was one, Sonic 2 specifically, that I remember playing and my brother would let me play with him because my brother is much older than I am and I would always get to be Tails. And so my memories of this game were like, oh, I was so helpful. Like Tails is the sidekick Uh, and you do so much. (laughs) Tails is barely in the screen. The second, yeah, the second Tails goes off screen, you basically lose all control of that character and he'll just like helicopter into the view again. And then you'll get you'll be able to maybe jump twice before he's off screen again. Like the only time that Tails stays on its own dedicated screen is if you're playing like the the player versus player mode. And so I'm looking back now because Tactic and I were playing and I was like, I am so sorry. I could have sworn Tails had a bigger impact in this game because he was just like, okay, well, I'm gone again because Sonic is faster than Tails and I'm off the screen. So looking back, like my brother really did just give me tales and like led me to believe I was contributing in a major way to the success of our, our game playing, but it, I was not. It was basically <laughs> the equivalent of giving an, an unplugged controller to a kid and say, let's play together. So that was something that I learned. Outside of that, 
Uh, we have been watching short shows because we've been pretty busy the last few days. Uh, but we did start watching a show called Home Economics, and that is that new show. It's like a half-hour comedy, I believe on ABC, with Topher Grace. Starring Illegal. Basically starring Illegal. And are it, you say, wait, wait, hold, wait, hold on, hold on. Are you saying that I'm Topher Grace? Because I don't know how I feel about the that. The personality that he portrays, and it's you. It's, it's a, the mannerisms that are, it's 100% you. Now I have to watch it. Dang it. It's actually, it's pretty good. Like, it's essentially about a bunch of siblings who are adults now and who hang out all the time. And just like the shenanigans that they get into. And I really, really relate to the wife a lot because she basically drinks a lot of wine and is just kind of snarky sometimes. And I I relate to that a lot. And it's a pretty, like for a half hour, kind of like you throw it on and it's not really a super big time commitment. It's pretty good. So it got renewed for a season three. So check that out. Yeah, and, and apparently I'm in it. I'll, I'm, I'm really curious about this. Because I also like, I don't know what happened to Topher Grace since like that 70s show on it, which was like 20 years ago. So. This is more of your actor doppelganger than Peaky Blinders was. Yeah, I've heard that comparison made as well. Cool. Well, I think it's time for Steven to defend his undefeated quiz title. And I, be- I believe before the show started, I believe before the show started, he said it's never going to happen or something to that effect. Just brimming with confidence, Stephen is right now. So, Tactic will be hosting today. Topic: I don't know what the topic is. The topic is She-Hulk. So our records: illegal eighty-six. That's me. Seven and six. Uh, Tactic is at seven and six. Nerd Bomber at five and eight, and Stephen is at one and zero. Oh. So, She-Hulk is the topic about which I know pretty much nothing. So I feel immediately shortchanged, but let's let's dive right in and let's do this. So She-Hulk's been around for quite some time. When did the first She-Hulk comic debut? And I assume I will go first, followed by Nerd Bomber, followed by Steven. We'll give Steven last ups. One plus one per set of questions, Steven. Don't go don't go plus one in all of us all, all the time. All right. I'll I'll try not to. No no special treatment for the for the guest <laughs> producer here. <laughs> Are you, sorry, what was the question again? I already forgot. What year did She-Hulk hit when the When did the first basically? She-Hulk comic debut? Okay. She-Hulk is not a particularly old character. She, She-Hulk to me screams 1980s. I'm going to say 1984. I'm going, I'm going Aurelian with it. 1984. Who's next, Tactic? thought we were going to end with Steven. Okay, right. Yeah, it's you. You kind of, you stole my thunder a little bit and I don't like that. Yeah, it's 80s for sure. I, I boomed you. I'm going to give myself a five-year window and say 1979. I feel I feel like I'm somewhere in there. All right. We're talking solo issue, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go 72. So the answer is February 1980. 80 what? Just 1980? Was, yeah, I set it to, to set it to try to get oh. legal excited. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Uh, it worked. Uh, that's upsetting. Uh, so it was the 80s. I was right on that front. But uh, so Nerd Bomber takes the point. Okay. I'll which take also, it. Which that's, that's upsetting to me. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I'm, I'm game for more questions. In what Avenger... Okay. And, and just so you guys know, so now it's going to go Nerd Bomber, Steven, Illegal. Right. In what Avengers issue did She-Hulk become a member of the Avengers? What Avengers issue? Oh, God. I'm going to say 260. Have there been that many issues? We will find out. <laughs> been a lot I'm going to say, 
I'm sticking with my 72. I like that. I don't know why I like this number, but that's what I'm going with 72. I, yeah, if you had just asked how many Avengers issues are there, I would have no sense of that number. I think I have to, I got to play low here. I'm just going to, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say four. So Steven takes this one. It was 221. Issue 221. Oof. So I was kind of close though. Oof. I thought I like really overshot after I said it. Well, as you know, that's not how it works. Steven takes the point. <laughs> so it's one to one to me. And uh, Steven has first ups. Hey, as long as Steven wins, I don't mind losing to Steven. I mind greatly <laughs> losing to you, Illegal. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm just like sitting over here trying to figure out a way for me to sandbag that gets Steven to win and you to lose. That's like, that's my goal at this point. So just I like these. I like this. Okay. So this episode is going to air on June 1st. From June 1st, how many days until She-Hulk is available on Disney Plus? Oh, man. See, that's cheap because we just talked about this, so I should know this. Yes, this is a test to see if you're paying attention. I'm going to say, oh, man, this is leading to my 72 again. I'm going to say, I'm saying 72 again. We're sticking with it. Dang, that's a really good guess. So, 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 hang on. I'm going to do some math here. I need, I need a minute. Man, 72 is a really good guess. Because I know I'm like, I'm like 99% sure it's sometime in mid-August. I'm going to, I'm going (sighs) to... I'm going to say 85. I'm going to be the jerk who does the first plus one. I'm going to say 73 because I, I feel like mid-August is the correct range, but like... Man, you're, 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 you. you're the worst. That's, <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's the worst. Please be 72. It is 77 days till Man, August come on. 17th. So Nerd Bomber takes that one again. I hate the this game. The sun is setting. Oh, that's crap. Guys. I hate that's, this game. That's crap. Well, look, at least you have a point. There's still hope for you. How many questions are left? Two? Two. And you still have a plus one. The sky is the limit for you, Steven. So, in the Old Man Logan comics, Hulk and She-Hulk have incestuous children. Ew, really? Yeah. Wait, before we go on, can we just talk about that for a second? What? (laughs) I didn't think we were going here. What what is there to talk about? It happened. I guess, I don't know, but like, how did Marvel okay that? But okay. It was a world where know, just about everyone, time. like a lot of people were killed and there wasn't really slim. Pickens were slim. So anyway, what earth did this occur on? And just for reference, the earth that most people is familiar with is Earth 616. Right. And I'm first. I mean, what the heck? God, 888. I'm going to say 15. I feel like incestuous things only happen in like early earths. We've grown as we've deviated. Well, they're not. Well, they're not time. They're not time. But like, I, the I number know, isn't time but based. like, I don't know. I feel like the early numbers are probably the ones that like layered out first. I don't know. Just give it to me, man. Steven, use the plus one. I implore I'm you. Gonna, I, I'm, I'm sticking with it. 72. We're going. We're rolling. Oh, this train. my goodness. He's going for it. We're going for it. All right. So illegal takes this one. It is. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it is Earth. All right. 807, 128. So you guys okay, had a so big, oh, big, big number. Wow. Big number there. You guys had a lot of margin. There's some, there's some the, crazy I'll... stuff that happens in this, in this earth, by the way. Some crazy stuff. Logan slaughters his whole family, including Hulk. Um, there's a chick Spider-Man that's a total badass. Just a ton, ton of good stuff. I'll take the pity point. Okay. So last question. You guys could potentially tie it up with Nerd Bomber, but only one of you could. Right. 
How much does She-Hulk weigh? And I'm first? Yes. Oh, boy. Um, Steven, don't, Steven, don't say it's 72, man. I know, I know you're thinking about it. I feel like... I, hmm, s- sorry, I'm, I'm really... I'm torn between two numbers. 600 pounds. So if I'm remembering correctly, in the last episode, you said she has like a medium and a full rage. Are we talking full or are we talking... Oh, that's a good point. This is this is this is, um, this is the form that we'll, we see in the trailer. Nominal, nominal She-Hulk. Yeah, it's a nominal. You know, so where, full rage. Most of most of her combat and everything is in that form. The when she really becomes savage is is far and few between. So, okay. I feel like I overshot. Shoot. I'm gonna say I'm just gonna go two fifty. One pound, Bob. Okay. So I just want to give you guys a reference again, pointing at the trailer. In this size, she is six foot seven. So if you know anyone who's six foot seven and lighter than two hundred and fifty pounds, that is that is crazy. But we're also talking about someone who has superhuman strength and has the muscle density of of a stone. I feel like you you've got me on the edge of my seat here. That like I don't know now if I'm overshot. I was gonna, I was gonna say it, but then you was rudely interrupted. Sorry. So the total weight at six foot seven is six hundred and fifty pounds. No, really, stop. That's garbage. Making garb- nerd bomber take this one home. I hate this game. I'm done. Yeah, I, I don't, Stephen. I would be upset if I was you as well. I think I, everyone I mean, is was, completely this, this tied was up crap. now. No, like I thought that that was like her in big mode. And then when Steven asked the question, if it was like her, like quote unquote regular mode, I thought for sure I was like, no, there's no way I, I'm done here. Hulk is double that for reference. So everyone is not tied up, by the way. Yeah. I'm seven and seven. Tactic is seven and six. Nerd Bomber six and eight. And Steven one and one. So me and Steven have the same percentage record. <laughs> I just put, throw that out there. But... Nerd Bomber is still in last, so Nerd Bomber, enjoy your time in the sun. But I don't know. I'm 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 not happy that you won. I don't know what to say. Uh, I'm I'm mostly not happy that Steven didn't keep his undefeated record because I really Sad. really enjoyed every week saying Steven one and zero. Now I'm gonna have to say Steven one and one. Steven, you were throwing good. in the towel with those seventy two guesses. But I was close. It's a strategy. Yeah, I, I respect yeah. it. If I didn't plus one you that one time, you would have had that. Yeah, one. I had it. Nerd Bomber, Nerd Bomber played dirty. We all know. Everyone's talking about it already on Twitter. Twitter's blowing up right now. If people listen to this episode, they're saying, how, how could she do that? And uh, the answer to that, listeners, is I don't know. I don't know how she could do that, but she she, she done did it. I mean, to be fair uh, on that one, tonight. we all kind of had an idea it was mid-August. It was, a Stephen, it was a really, really good guess. Yeah. It's like uh, August 22nd or something like that, isn't it? August 17th. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so that brings us to the, to the end, an unsatisfying end, but but an end nonetheless. Stephen, I want to thank you so much for being here, continuing to come back on the show. We love having you. Anything you want to shout out before we close things out? Any any Jurassic June just PSAs? Jurassic June, the Jurassic Park movie comes out. It's gonna be good. Yeah, it's just a good time to celebrate dinosaurs. Right on there. Enjoy. There there you have it, folks. So thanks again to Stephen for being here. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed what you listened to, you can head over to Patreon. No, you can head to our Patreon if you want, but you can also head to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review there. Hit us up on Twitter at the handles we mentioned and just let us know what you think. And we will see you next 
week for the second episode of Jurassic June. And uh, in the meantime, Tech Tech, why don't you take us out with a tech tip? Happy Memorial Day. Good tip. Good tip. Thanks, everyone. See you soon.